Hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of the Epic Mind, Body, Spirit podcast. This is Lisa Wagner, and joining me today is Lori Kelch. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we're here today to talk about supplements. Now, Lori is a nutritional wellness educator, but to me, I think of her as the uh, nutritional encyclopedia, because Lori just has so much fantastic information um, dealing with everything um, uh, around nutrition. And so I'm really excited that she's here today to talk to us about supplements. But to get started, Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into all of this? Well, sure. Um, Actually, nutritional supplements were something um, that I used as I was in college, Um, found that just even taking a simple vitamin made me feel better if I had, you know, was up late studying and that kind of thing. Um, But once I left college, uh, I was actually a speech pathologist and uh, did that for almost 15 years. And uh, during that time, I had two daughters, and my younger daughter at the time was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. And this was just before her fifth birthday, so it's just before she went into school. And so, like all parents, when they're hit with something like that, literally, um, I dove into the literature and looking at what really makes the nervous system literally tick. What kind of uh, nutrition does this kid need for the nervous system? You know, I felt like there was something that I should be able to do. And interestingly enough, what I found is that everything directed me back to fat, fat soluble nutrients, essential fatty acids needed for the integrity of the nervous system, actually insulating the nervous system itself physically, um, looking at how neurotransmitters work in the brain. The brain is 60% fat, so everything kind of uh, led me back to fat. And interestingly, in our culture, uh, we're told not to eat fat, that fat will make us fat and that everything has to be low fat. So trying to reconcile those two things, uh, I actually decided to add good fat back into our diets. So, um, you know, she ate things like full fat yogurt and full fat cottage cheese and got her on, um, you know, oily fish and eventually got her onto fish oil supplements and some other essential oil supplements. And what do you know? It was like oiling the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. It's uh, lubricating, calmed the nervous system down, uh, and it, it really, I think it had a profound effect uh, on both of her behavior, her learning, and then when we started adding it back into our diet, um, you know, we found that it, you know, inflammation would be lowered, that we weren't having some of the aches and pains that we were having as we got older and so on and so forth. So uh, that's really what got me interested in nutrition. And, and then I started to realize that a lot of what we were reading about how we should eat or what we should be eating um, was maybe not completely uh, the reality uh, in the way the body works. So that's kind of uh, one of my messages that I like to, to uh, impart to people is that the body has certain nutritional needs and that just eating fat is not necessarily going to make us fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a myth. Do you think that a lot of the uh, nutritional problems also come from the kind of processed foods that yeah. people eat? And because of all that, all that does your body chemistry, it makes it even harder to bring it 
back in the balance. Absolutely it does. So the problem isn't so much maybe the fat in that cookie, it's all the other chemicals that are in that cookie. You know, and that's that's a really interesting point because generally when we read any information about healthy eating, we talk about fat and calories. Uh, especially here in our Western culture, we're too hung up on fat and calories. Now, we know, for example, that fast food isn't the best food for us. Everybody knows that. Um, but it's because there's too much fat and calories. What we don't know is, for example, I have in my possession that I take around when I do uh, presentations that I like to show people, which is a fast food hamburger that is actually about seven and a half years old. Now this thing is not, it's never been out of its original packaging. Um, I actually do have pictures of it. And when you look at, and you can even see like the little pickles and the funky little red sauce there, still there. Now there's something other than fat and calories in that little burger that's keeping it intact for all these years. Yeah. It's stale, but it doesn't smell and it's never had any mold or mildew or anything like yeah. that on it. So, you know, we, we need to think, we, we need to think a little outside this fat and calorie box and to start yeah. looking at a lot of the chemical additives that we have, right. uh, the processing that goes in, which strips um, nutrients that naturally occur in that food. Wheat is a good example. White flour is nothing but a bunch of synthetic vitamins poured back into a stripped wheat grain. Um, and no, it's not good for us. The body doesn't recognize those nutrients uh, as those that naturally occur in food. Um, and I, I truly believe that this is one of the big things that's underlying most of our health problems. Uh, I think prevention starts with our diets. Uh, and that's not to say that everybody needs to eat, you know, bean sprouts. Right. Um, but we really need to be much more mindful about what kind of chemicals and mm-hmm. additives are in the foods that we eat. And that makes it, going back to our initial topic for today, that probably makes getting the right supplements Absolutely. even that much more important. Because unfortunately, a lot of the foods that are available to us today, mm-hmm. you know, do not have maybe all the vitamins and nutrients that they would have had 60 years ago when right. people were eating those same types of foods. Right, right. So can you start, explain to us, what is a supplement? When someone says, I take supplements, are they talking about vitamins? Are they talking about minerals? Are they talking about, what are they talking about? Probably all of the above. Um, Supplements are just that. It's going to be something that supplements your regular diet, Mm -hmm. uh, which may or may not be helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay, just the fact that we take supplements Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a good thing or necessarily a bad thing. Um, But supplements can be anything from vitamins, minerals, herbs. Um, There's homeopathic remedies that resemble uh, over-the-counter medicines that you might take for a simple cold or allergy, that kind of thing. Um, But now we're also moving into a whole area that's kind of known as nutraceuticals, where you're going to be looking at nutritional supplements that are formulated by doctors, professionals, um, even uh, some hospital um, types of organizations that are really much more therapeutic in how they're used. And very often it's recommended that those are actually used with a physician because of the fact that they can be um, used in place of medicine, that they are therapeutic and, and can be used that way. Now, most of the you know supplements that you get on the market um, and this is kind of a blanket statement, but the majority of them are going to be safe. Mm-hmm. But we still have to understand that um, we just we just need to be cautious about what it is we're taking. We need to know where it comes from. We need to understand what's in there. And we also need to understand that you can't just take 
uh, uh, mineral supplement, for example, say calcium, it's one of my favorites to talk about, and put it on top of your diet, not really knowing what you're doing, except for the fact that we know we need to have so many milligrams of calcium in our diet a day. So sometimes a little bit of knowledge is worse than no knowledge at all. Right. Well, let's talk about calcium because isn't it true that you're supposed to, is it calcium and magnesium or that it's better to take calcium when you're eating certain foods or something like that to right. help with the absorption? Absolutely. You know, your, your supplements are only as valuable as what the body can absorb from them. Right. So, and what we have to remember is that most vitamin and mineral supplements are actually isolated from food. When you look at calcium from a food source, you, that food source also contains what are called cofactors, which are other nutrients that play into what the calcium is going to do once it gets into your body. So calcium needs magnesium. It needs some zinc. Uh, it needs lots and lots of vitamin D3, and it also needs vitamin K2. Uh, coupled with a lot of other trace minerals. That will determine how valuable that calcium is in the body. Uh, so we have to be pretty careful uh, to make sure we're getting all of those things so that we don't end up with calcium deposits, right. which you can, which is very easily done. And that's, you're going to find them in the heart. You can find them as plaque on the arteries. Or like kidney stones, right? Kidney stones, uh, absolutely. In the joints, um, you know, calcium deposits. Yeah, because so. there's this whole delicate body chemistry balance our body goes through every hour of every day and the reason why herbs can be powerful and vitamins can be powerful is because um you're you can get if you get just the right amount it's really nourishing to the body mm -hmm. but if you get the wrong amount it's very depleting on the and, body, and, right? And it can throw everything out of balance. Right. Um, you know, the body is remarkable in that it tries to maintain a balance even when we screw it up mm -hmm. and put a lot of things into it we're not supposed to mm -hmm. or we get really stressed out and our blood pressure goes up or whatever it is. When all is said and done and we're settled, the body will be balanced. Right. Uh, and that's, that's the state that it's trying to achieve. But if we are putting in supplements in... Um, uh, where we don't have the other cofactors, <clears throat> excuse me, or, um, you know, aside from our food, that kind of thing, taking a handful of vitamins is not necessarily going to put the body in balance. Right. Now, is that is that um, part of the reason why multivitamins are good or, or, or supplements that are that are complex and aren't just a single item because it has additional things with it? Is that, like for a person, for, so that, let's say somebody listening who doesn't want to do a lot of research on the internet or isn't going to go talk to a doctor or nutritionist, are they better off in general to take like a multivitamin than to try to, you know, come up with a suite of I'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of this and come up with their own you know. I think definitely that is a is a much uh, more effective and a safer way to go. Um, first of all, what you want to make sure that you do is that you purchase your supplements um, from a reputable store. Preferably, if you're actually physically going to a store, um, got to be a health food store. Uh, it's got to be a store that's well established. And there are other vitamin stores um, scattered throughout the country that are um, more chain. Uh, chain stores 
and I don't necessarily recommend those either because you don't necessarily have knowledgeable people in there that can give you some direction. So generally, the independently owned health food stores will have somebody in there that's really dedicated to the business and knows what they're talking about. So if you get a good natural multivitamin mineral from a reputable company, then you're getting something that you can pretty much be guaranteed is in balance and that will actually, um, uh, uh, you know, complement mm-hmm. um, your diet. And, you know, not all of us can eat well every day. And we're busy, we're stressed, that kind of thing. A good multivitamin mineral supplement that will ensure that you're getting kind of your umbrella mm-hmm. um, type things. And then you can add to it if you need to. But but it's certainly a good way to start. Now, we're recording this in November, so we're going to be heading into cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good idea for people to take extra vitamin C? I think absolutely it is. Um, Now, vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin, so that it rinses out of the body fairly quickly. It's one of the things that will make the urine bright yellow when you take your vitamins, that along with your B-complex vitamins. Um, It's interesting because those who don't see the value in taking vitamins will tell you that's expensive urine. In reality, it's the the body telling you that it has metabolized and absorbed what it can use and the rest of it's going to be excreted. Uh, So ideally, you'd want to take vitamin C, say, three times a day Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can kind of cover your bases with that. But a really, really important vitamin for this time of year is vitamin D3. Uh, vitamin D3 is the form of vitamin D that comes from the sun that is synthesized in the skin. Uh, here where we are in Ohio, we don't get any sun. We won't see it again until probably May. Um, and quite frankly, most of the United States is in the same boat. Um, so you can actually avoid uh, colds and flus and that kind of thing with vitamin D3. It helps with seasonal affective disorder, so it can raise the mood a little bit. Um, and a lot of people use it in lieu of a flu, sh- a flu shot, and I'm one of them, mm-hmm. um, because I don't get flu shots, and I raise my vitamin D3, and uh, there's some really, really good information now on um, vitamin D3 and all kinds of disease and illnesses, uh, and you can go to vitamindcouncil.org, and you can get any kind of information you want uh, through their little search engine there. You can just... Uh, click on to their topics, but they have the studies. So it's vitamindcouncil.org. Excellent resource for vitamin D3. And, and I'll be sure to put that on the website. And by the way, Lori um, has said I can give out her email. It is lori, L-O-R-I dot Kelch, K-E-L-C-H, at yahoo.com. And that'll also be on the website where the podcast is hosted. So if you want to follow up with a question um, to Lori, uh, and I will also put the link to the vitamin D um, website Great. Um, on my site. So let me ask you now, when you say vitamin D3, is that the same vitamin D like when I see, um, uh, let's say, you know, there's an orange juice that's, or something that's fortified with vitamin D. What does that mean? Oh, I know. Okay. I know. Well, well it's, it's hard to say because if they don't tell you what form it is on the label, you don't really know. Okay. Okay. Now. Vitamin D3 is essentially the form that's going to come from either the sun or animal sources. Okay. So your oily fish, where the supplements are getting their vitamin D3 is actually from the lanolin, from the wool of sheep. Okay. So no animal is destroyed in getting this vitamin D3. Um, So back to your food question. If you see... Uh, a food label where it's enriched with a vitamin, you're going to want to look and you're going to want to find out what form it is. But here's the deal, and this is really important. 
You have water-soluble vitamins, you have fat-soluble vitamins. D3 is a fat-soluble vitamin. All fat-soluble vitamins have to have a fat carrier. There's no fat in orange juice, mm. not even a little bit. It's nothing but a bunch of sugar. So we're putting D3 in there, making it easier for people, and chances are they may have calcium in there too, uh, which calcium, oranges are not a big source of calcium. The reason they'll put the calcium in there is because the acidity in the orange juice will help break up the calcium in the gut. Um, which is actually good in theory, but in practice, oh, we missed the boat on this one. I don't recommend that anybody use any fortified foods at all because you're going to end up overloading if it isn't, if there isn't a transporter. Salmon uh, or your oily fish has D3 in it, and the fat in there is going to carry that vitamin to what it needs to do on the body. Uh, orange juice isn't going to do that. So I really think. All fortified foods should be left out of the diet. I think we're putting nutrients in there that the body is not going to be accepting like we are hoping. And then again, then it may end up somewhere where it doesn't belong. Right. So rather than get the fortified foods, you're better off to buy um, regular foods that you're drawn to. And if you have shortfalls in your diet, buy supplements. Absolutely. Rather than a fortified food. Absolutely. Yes. I just I just don't think that they're even a good source of a synthetic Okay. Uh, form of that nutrient okay. at all. And you mentioned the water and the fat soluble. So the fact that vitamin C is water soluble, is that why um, it's generally thought that it doesn't, it's one of those that if you take it, I mean, you can't really hurt you by taking an extra amount because your body will easily It'll release it what it yeah. doesn't need. And you generally, I mean, for vitamin C specifically, the body, you'll end up with diarrhea if you get way, way too much. Right. Um, B vitamins are also water soluble. Um, you don't want to go excessive on them because they uh, they work at the level of the nervous system and there is some talk about a couple of the B vitamins if you get too high can actually um, cause a little trouble with some of the nerves. Um, but generally people aren't going to take doses that are going to be that high. It's a waste of money and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's just unreasonable. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Okay. And then the fat-soluble vitamins. So when you take a supplement, are you taking like a capsule or something that has some does it have some fat with the... Depends upon what your supplement you take, is. Like the D3, for example, that you were D3 talking about. D3 actually is in an oil base. Um, so it's a little gel cap, little tiny okay. gel cap, like your vitamin E is. Okay. Uh, for people who take a fish oil supplement, generally they're going to be in a gelatin capsule with mm -hmm. the oil inside. I don't necessarily recommend that anybody take a fish oil that might come in a hard tablet mm -hmm. um, simply because it may not be the best form of fish oil and it's not in its natural form, mm -hmm. you know, uh, which is in, in the oil itself. Mm -hmm. um, but all fat-soluble nutrients, which is A, E, uh, D, and K, as well as your essential fatty acids like your fish oils, it's really in your best interest to eat that, to take them with a meal where you do have some fat. Okay, so rather than just take it in the morning and go off to work, no. you're better off to take it with food. Absolutely. And that will help your body actually derive the nutritional value Absolutely. out of it. Absolutely. You've okay. got the transporting factors, but at the same time, when, you know, vitamins and minerals are food, and so, even in supplement form, so that if we're having an egg in the morning and a piece of whole grain toast, right. and you're taking some fat-soluble and water-soluble nutrients there, mm -hmm. it's almost like your body's saying, oh, well, you know, this egg is really power-packed, and, mm -hmm. you know, this toast is really, really good for me. Mm -hmm. Lots of B vitamins. Okay. So that the body will more readily recognize those nutrients okay. with that food source. Now, we've talked about um, oil a few times, and I'd like for you to talk a little bit about 
fish oil and flaxseed, these are becoming really popular, mm -hmm. and you hear people talking about them, but what should they know about them? Well, I think that's a really excellent question because they are not one and the same. Obviously, fish is an animal, flax is not. They don't provide the exact same nutrients, and they are not utilized in the body the same. So, you know, the omega-3 fatty acids, which we know now are so important and all that, and the DHA and the EPA that's actually in a fish oil is what the body uses directly. It's, it's readily available, readily used. The body loves it. And it comes from fish. And it comes straight from fish. Now, you, yeah, you, you know, want to make sure, again, through a health food store, you're getting a reputable brand because you want to make sure it's free and clean, uh, you know, free from PCBs and other contaminants, mercury and that kind of thing. And it should tell you that on the label, incidentally. But flaxseed oil is generally from the pressed flaxseed. Now, flaxseeds are also rich in omega-3s, but it's a different form. It's not the DHA and the EPA. It's called ALA. And all these have long names, but mm -hmm. we'll just leave it at that. The body has to convert ALA into the DHA and the EPA. The interesting thing is that the, the studies are pretty clear that only about 8% of the population can make that conversion. So it's not necessarily a really good form of omega-3 fatty acids. If you're using them for the heart, for the brain, the nervous system, and that kind of thing, you're probably better off sticking with fish oil. Now, there's probably a lot of vegans and vegetarians out there that would fight me tooth and nail on this, but mm -hmm. the studies show it just doesn't work the same in the body. Mm -hmm. The other issue that I have with flaxseed oil itself is that there's a nutrient in the uh, seed husks that are known as lignans. Um, lignans are a good thing. They're actually in a lot of our um, legumes and seeds and that kind of thing. However, in flax seeds, especially when it's pressed, um, these are phytoestrogenic nutrients. So in theory, what they would do is actually block estrogen receptors so that negative, bad environmental estrogens don't get into the cell and wig out our hormones. Uh, in reality, it doesn't always work that way. So that some people may have a tendency to convert this lignin activity directly into estrogenic activity. And this actually happened to my kid that had the Tourette syndrome. And when she was seven, I actually had talked to a naturopathic doctor. I had her on a regimen. He suggested I had flax oil. Intuitively, I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure. Um, by this time, I was in the natural products industry. Uh, so I knew a lot about it. I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure. But I went ahead and did it on his recommendation. And two months later, this child started developing breast tissue. Mm -hmm. When I took her off, she deflated. So, excuse me, it tells me that, you know, these are really potent nutrients. Mm -hmm. And that if there's a potential to kind of flip the body's hormone messaging systems here, mm -hmm. we have to be careful. I'm not a huge promoter of flaxseed oil at all. I think that if people want to use it, use the ground flaxseed, the flaxseed meal, sprinkle it on your oatmeal. You can bake with it. Mm -hmm. It's fabulous fiber. You are getting some good fats in there. Mm -hmm. But quite frankly, anybody with a hormonal-related cancer or potential for that, mm -hmm. I don't recommend that they use it at all. Mm. Yeah, and, and if you're just eating the flaxseeds themselves depending upon how much you grind up the seeds, you may not even be releasing That's exactly the oil, right. correct? And so, again, and you're getting good fiber because they'll right, come out that way, but right, um, but no. And so, you know, the meal is a good way to go. You can sprinkle it, like I said, on cereals and you can bake with it and all that kind of stuff. But you just, you have to be cautious. I don't think that every food source was meant to be concentrated. Right. 
Um, and I'm thinking that this is one of them because even lentils uh, have some lignans, but mm-hmm. we don't take lentils and put them into any kind of an oil right. or supplement. Right, so, and mean, you're eating the, you know. the quantity when you're eating it in the bulk, you're eating so little of it at any given absolutely. time. Absolutely, absolutely. That probably doesn't happen. Now, how do you feel about fish oil? Do you think that that's a good thing for people to take? I think fish oil is And what excellent. are the benefits? Mm-hmm. Like, why would someone want to take fish oil? Uh, first of all, we should all be considering fish oils because I believe that as a population inherently we have some deficiencies simply because we've evolved away from some of these food sources and I think mm-hmm. omega-3 fatty acids are one of those deficiencies and you know uh, fish oils are, are again one of the direct and most effective sources for it um, basically you know the the brain is 60% fat we have to continue to, to feed it fat to keep it pliable um fats insulate the nervous system they help the neurotransmitters in the brain they help with hormone development um uh hormone balance continue no matter what age you are they help with that um we know that they help with keeping um our so-called good cholesterol i personally don't believe we have a good and bad cholesterol but um for the sake of argument here, we'll say our good cholesterol keeps that up, keep, can keep the bad cholesterol down, keeps the triglycerides, which are the fats that are in the bloodstream, um, keeps them down to a minimum, uh, supports the heart, uh, can help prevent hormonal-related cancers. Uh, it's just on and on. I, there's so many. And, and learning uh, issues with children, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of kids are deficient in fatty acids. These are one of the uh, nutrients that we started uh, my daughter on very early. Uh, can turn out to be a math whiz, so we always say it's not in the genes, it's in the fish oil. Yeah, but yeah. but I do believe um, that fish oils are something that we should mm-hmm. uh, incorporate into our diet and supplement if we have to, because none of us are going to be eating salmon four times a week. Right, and even you if know? you do, even if you eat fish a couple times a week or whatever, it doesn't hurt you to take the fish Absolutely oil, correct? Absolutely not. It's not like you're going to eat get too much of no, it. No, you're not. If you get too much of it, your body's going to tell you. Your your stools will be slick. Your hair can be slick. I mean, that oil's going to mm-hmm. you know start to come out. But one of the things, I mean, in the wintertime, taking extra fish oils actually can help with the cracked fingers and mm-hmm. you know lubricating the skin and the hair and oh, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. So so it's just, you know, the it's got a multitude of benefits, mm-hmm. but I think we've just been so inherently deficient mm-hmm. um, that we've we're creating now disease processes related mm-hmm. to that deficiency. Well, and I think you're right. You know, people have become almost uh, fat phobic, um, and I don't mean fat as an overweight. I mean fat as in consuming fat. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I grew up on olive oil, so I mean, I cook everything with olive sure. oil. Um, can you talk just for a minute about uh, olive oil? Yeah, I mean, olive oil is an omega-9 uh, 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 monounsaturated oil. Fabulous for the heart, mm-hmm. reducing inflammation in the arteries and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have to be careful with it. You don't want to do high heat cooking. Mm-hmm. So if you crank it up on the stove and then all of a sudden you can smell it, you might as well ditch that batch mm-hmm. because you've know, created some rancidity there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a tablespoon of olive oil a day, which a tablespoon of any vegetable oil is going to give you about 14 grams of fat. Uh, If it says it's a light oil, um, they're lying to you or there's something else in there because all oils are going to have about 14 grams Mm -hmm. of fat per tablespoon. But that's not an oil that's going to make you fat. Right. Uh, And those kinds of good fats actually help the body mobilize stored fat Mm -hmm. so that it it just helps balance Mm -hmm. uh, the metabolism in the body. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely necessary. And we just, I think, 
here again is where a little bit of education isn't necessarily helpful mm -hmm. because we just hear low fat so much mm -hmm. that if we only look at calories themselves mm -hmm. uh, and decide that no this is a fat calorie so I don't want it regardless mm -hmm. of the food source we're creating problems for the body mm -hmm. right. absolutely and the bottom line is there in, a, in effect I mean if you're gonna eat so many calories a day um, you're going to eat them, and if you if you derive them all from sugar versus fat, you're still eating the calories. So um, I mean, that was yeah. the big joke, you know, when the fat-free cookies first started to come out. Absolutely. People thought they could eat the whole bag because they were fat-free and didn't look at the sugar content, you know, that was in the cookies. So they got they were eating the same amount of calories. It's just that they it's, were you it know, was and the from thing is, is that fat actually satiates the appetite. Mm -hmm. So if you eat a handful of almonds. Mm -hmm. For example, when so you're eating 15 almonds mm -hmm. and you look at the fat content on the back of that package, it's going to blow your mind. You may be getting 20 grams of fat. Mm -hmm. So instead, let's buy one of these little 100 calorie snacks mm -hmm. uh, that has cookies in it or whatever it is. And um, I'll eat that. And there's, you know, three grams of fat. Uh, the problem is, is that those sugar calories are going to store as fat much more readily than any of the fats that's in the almonds. And that's the kind of stuff that raises cholesterol that gets triglycerides going. This is where type 2 diabetes is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and when, you're still hungry. And you're still hungry because the blood right. sugar goes up, yeah. plummets down, and then you're going for the next thing. That's your next 100 calorie snack. Yeah. And pretty soon you've had six little packets of those things. Whereas your almonds and a little slice of cheese and an apple mm -hmm. is going to get you through. Right. Uh, without without the uh, fluctuating blood sugar. And it's not going to make you fat. And it can even help eating like a, um, some nuts maybe 15 or 20 minutes before you're going to eat Absolutely. your meal. Because it'll help start to get the, your brain to, you know, hey, so you won't be so ravenous and so hungry and start to get that full receptor Absolutely. going. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that there are lots of um, misconceptions and misinformation out there. What do you think are, are just some of the really big myths that people are operating under? What are some of the things that you just, when you hear me think, ah, I can't believe people think this, okay, you know? I got a whole list of them. <laughs> well, the fat is, is one, because again, we just need to understand the difference in fats and the difference in foods and why we need certain foods and not get so hung up on fat and calories. So that's one of them. Um, going back to calcium, this is something that really gets my goat because mm -hmm. We tend to, when we, first of all, in our culture, because we're so medicine-oriented, um, that we don't necessarily value nutrients uh, for um, the value that they really are and how profoundly they can affect the body. So when we study them, we study them very myopically. We take one nutrient, we look at it, we say, okay, this is what it does and this is how much you need of it, and that's the end of it. So calcium, you know, we're told, okay, we need 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams a day. Um, what we need to understand is that that includes food sources, which should come first, and that if we are supplementing with a calcium tablet, so if we go to our neighborhood drugstore and we ask the pharmacist, what calcium do you recommend? And he says, oh, take this one, even if it has a little vitamin D in it, okay? Mm -hmm. So you take three of these a day. They're these giant horse pills. You take one, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, most people are actually looking for 1,500 milligrams in one pill, which doesn't exist because you'd have to eat it with a knife and fork. It would be way too big. Um, so anyways, we're taking it three times a day and it might have a couple hundred units of vitamin D3 in there, which 
are not going to, that's not enough to get that quantity uh, into the bone. That amount of calcium isn't going to go into the bone. The body wants to reject raw elements. And this is why you see calcium coupled with something. So you're going to get calcium citrate, calcium lactate, calcium carbonate, whatever it might be. And the reason that they have to do this in the laboratory is because the liver doesn't want a raw element. But taking that much, you're going to get deposits. It's not going to end up in the bone. I suggest that people consider, women especially, consider taking smaller doses of calcium in a whole food form along with larger doses of vitamin D3. And when I say smaller doses, I would never recommend to anybody to consider anything over 500 milligrams a day. I don't take that much myself. Um, but I eat foods that are very rich in calcium and that's where it should come from mm -hmm. first. And I was talking to a gentleman the other day who actually had had a stroke and he's looking at all the nutrients that he needs to add and was asking me about his supplements and should he keep this, should he, you know, what, what was my suggestion? Mm -hmm. And he told me that he was now eating a breakfast cereal that had 100% of the daily requirement of calcium. I said, well, how much is in there? And he's like, oh, let me look at my label. We were talking on the phone and he said, oh, it's a thousand milligrams. Okay. So here's this older man who doesn't probably need close to that much, getting it in his breakfast cereal. Now, what's going to happen during the day with the rest of his meal? If this guy eats another 500 to 1,000 milligrams of calcium, um, what's going to happen to that calcium in that cereal? You know, it's this particular like a kidney stones is what he's uh, you know this you know or it's going to end up right. as plaque in his brain, right. his arteries in his right. brain, or in his heart. Right. Uh, my mother has uh, calcium buildup in the heart, and her cardiologist acknowledged to me that she probably didn't take the right form of calcium. Um, she took Tums because that was recommended by her mm -hmm. doctor, um, and she never took D three, and she mm -hmm. never took vitamin K or magnesium or anything like that. And so now she's got mm -hmm. calcium deposits in the hearts and her and, and her bones are brittle mm -hmm. so you know that's that irks the heck out of me and when i see commercials saying um you know well to keep your bones strong and you know here mm -hmm. try this particular product and you know you're getting a thousand milligrams of calcium and take two a day or whatever uh it can be harmful more mm -hmm. harmful than helpful. Right, right. You're better off to actually then have a little bit less than to have too much. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. And so I think what I'm hearing from you, what people really need to do is focus on improving their diet nutritionally and then supplementing the diet with a few key supplements just Absolutely. to keep that balance going, but not to have that be the source Absolutely. of your needed vitamins and, and minerals. Absolutely. Now, yeah. what would people do like, you know, you can surf the net all night long and just you know come up with site after site of information on any topic but um, if a person obviously they can talk to their doctor or to a nutritionist but are there any other resources books or organizations that you recommend to people to kind of get started on just to understand more about basic nutrition what I would suggest that people do, I, you know, I, I'm, I guess, a little older than a lot of the internet users. And so, quite frankly, um, in the past for me that, you know, when I was doing all of this research, people were not using computers like right. they are now. So um, I'm a little skeptical sometimes of some of the things that I have seen online because... Well, so I mean, you can go there, you can get a thousand hits, but absolutely. you don't know the validity behind right, it. You know, right. unless you're seeing, oh, okay, this comes from the Mayo Clinic, maybe this information I'm reading about cholesterol may be accurate, 
But, you know, unless you really understand the source, and even then you may say, depending on the information, oh, I don't even know if th exactly. that's... Exactly. That's exactly right. So. What I would do is I would go to your local privately owned, individually owned health food stores. Okay. Talk to the people there. Look at the resources they have in their library. Okay. Because I think, um, you know, the natural products industry gets slammed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and most of that comes from the pharmaceutical industry. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're fighting neck and neck here. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that the information that you're going to get that's the most accurate are the people who are involved uh, with the natural products industry mm -hmm. have been for a long time. There's a lot of research and studies that are done and you can get some really good almost like nutrition for dummy type mm -hmm. books um, at your mm -hmm. local health food mm -hmm. store. Um, there are some uh, books that you know have everything A to Z that go through and list all of the different vitamins, all of the different food supplements, mm -hmm. and then and literally have a, a dictionary of ailments mm -hmm. uh, where you can look up and see what's what's mm -hmm. recommended. And these are these are um, books that are written by doctors mm -hmm. um, and you know some registered dietitians mm -hmm. or clinical nutritionists. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are the people who I think have the knowledge in their field right. and are pulling all of the information together. And they'll be real honest in telling you what the cautions right. are. And and I think the key too by by, zone, by zeroing in on the sort of local independent health food stores, we're talking about people that own and operate these stores. They know their products. Absolutely. They're, so they're not just somebody, you know, that's walking in who last week I sold dresses in the mall and now this week I'm selling vitamins in the mall. These are people that know their stuff. They live it so they can share their own personal story about it and they understand the, uh, you know, Absolutely. understand it. And in fact, since you opened up talking uh, about your daughter um, and you kind of took this path with the vitamins. How did that uh, play out for her? Where is she at today? It actually played out great because she's now, now let's see, she was diagnosed just before age five. She just turned 21. Um, she's a junior in college. Uh, she's been, um, she graduated with honors from high school and she's been on the dean's list in college. So uh, that hasn't been a problem. Um, she actually is still taking some of the same supplements that she took way back then. Mm -hmm. Fish oils is one. Um, she takes a really good multivitamin. She does take some magnesium because it's good for relaxing the muscles mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, the other thing that's interesting with her is she's decided she wants four children. And one of the things that we have to understand is that nutritional deficiencies are multi-generational. So if a mother is pregnant and she has a nutritional deficiency, that baby's going to grow up with a nutritional deficiency. Um, now, whether or not my daughter actually had some deficiencies, I go back and look at my pregnancy uh, and I think, okay, yeah, there were probably some things that I just didn't eat and she happened to get the, the nervous system as a result. But what I want to do then is make sure that her children, who would definitely have a potential for some nervous system mm -hmm. issues, uh, be healthy. And she and her, um, the guy that she's been with, that she, they plan to get married as soon as they get out of school uh, and have these four children, they're both doing it. They're both That's taking fish oils, they're both taking vitamin D3, mm -hmm. um, they're both, she's taking calcium, magnesium, mm -hmm. um, and actually a very usable bone formula. Um, she's take and she doesn't take massive amounts and she doesn't necessarily even take them every day but she mm -hmm. does at least four times a week and she does this very seriously because she wants healthy children mm -hmm. and she feels better and she also the other thing that we do is we use 
uh, herbs and some other supplements for if we do catch a cold. Mm -hmm. And so she's been turning her roommates on to some of this, mm -hmm. which they thought was really odd and weird tasting to begin with. But it works, mm -hmm. you know, and they stay take this stuff and 24 hours later, they're back to class and they're feeling pretty well. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, she's been... And her threats has been managed? Oh, it's, she virtually has no symptoms left. Now, every once in a while, especially since she's been in college, when she's tired, which college students are most of the time when they mm -hmm. come home, I might see a little twitching around the eyes, mm -hmm. um, but she has been virtually symptom-free since she's been in junior high. So, and she has never been on medication. Uh, it was changing the diet, getting all of the chemicals out of the diet, loading mm -hmm. that nervous system with all the good fat that we could possibly do and the good fat-soluble nutrients. Uh, and she's a really compliant kid. And I truly believe that she was kind of given to me to move me in a certain direction. Um, she's been a wealth of education, and she's doing really well. So. And also, do you think the fact that she was raised this way, I mean, kids that start off at a young age eating a certain way, living a certain way, they take it for granted. That's how you do it. They do, and they understand. And it's not that she never goes through a fast food restaurant, but when she does... Um, she obviously doesn't eat fast food hamburgers because she sees what I have at home. Mm -hmm. But she's very cautious about what she eats. Um, neither one of my daughters are pop drinkers at all. They don't drink any pop. Uh, and they eat whole real food. That is their preference. And now she's living in an apartment with three other girls. They're at school. And she is choosing to, uh, of course, we're footing the bill, but she is choosing to do her shopping with whole real food and cook herself up a nice chicken mm -hmm. uh, and have it throughout the week uh, with mm -hmm. leftovers so she's not running here and there um, buying a bunch of fast food. Fantastic. So it does pay off. It does definitely pay off. Fantastic. Well, Lori, this has been so wonderful. Um, I hope that you will come back again. I would we'll love do to. This again. Absolutely. For all of you that are listening, you've, we've been uh, talking with Lori Kelch. Lori can be reached at uh, L-O-R-I dot K-E-L-C-H at yahoo.com. And I will put that email address um, on the website. Uh, it's been fantastic. I thank you so much yeah, for your time. Thank you. I and really all, enjoyed it. All of you listening, have a beautiful day.